Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Lavender Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, and I'm so glad you're here. So, have you listened to last week's episode yet? It has been such a healing part of me, of my journey to that episode. The response has been great. Um, If you have not listened, please go back and listen to that episode before listening to this one, because I feel like they kind of coincide with one another. But, as I promised, I was going to do a giveaway once we reached a thousand downloads. We have exceeded that, and you are doing a giveaway. So I'm trying to think of something really creative to do for my listeners and for my followers that will be coming in October. So keep downloading, keep sharing this um, podcast with your family, friends, and coworkers, and I will have something great in store for you very soon, I promise. Also, I'm looking to do a possible Lavender Woman event in October. Um, It will be in the Hampton Roads area because that's where I reside. And it will be something really small and intimate. But that's something that I'm brainstorming and pondering. If you are interested um, in participating in that event or if you have suggestions for that event, the email is always open, 47lavenderseeds at gmail.com. Hit me up. So what have you guys been up to since last week? Have you been living your Healing Girl Summers? I know summer is almost over, but you still can be implementing these goals into your life. Remember, we don't have time to be hot girls because we need to be healed girls. But this episode um, is very near and dear to my heart because September is Suicide Awareness Month. And the podcast just came back last week after being on um, hiatus for a few weeks. And I could not end September without speaking on this topic. So because I'm not an expert, I'm not a professional, I brought in the expert and the professional. We have a very special guest joining us today on the podcast. We have Ms. Janae Garrett um, of Janae Garrett Counseling Services in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, Janae before we get started. Janae Garrett was born and raised in D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. She's from the DMV, y'all, but she has lived in Hampton Roads since... 2005 as she attended Old Dominion University, earning both her bachelor's degree in psychology and human services and in 2009 her master's degree in mental health counseling in 2012. Janae is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Virginia and is working towards her PhD in human and social services. Listen, we have doctors on the podcast, okay? I just want y'all to know, we have doctors. We have people who are pursuing doctor. Listen, it's official, okay? Sis is getting her degrees in the bag, okay? Janae has been working in the human services and mental health field for almost 11 years and has worked in settings ranging from shelters, nonprofits, public schools, inpatient facilities, and outpatient therapeutic services. Currently, she works at a behavioral health hospital as a therapist full-time and runs a part-time private mental health practice. So, since we can't be tired, listen, she has an entire full-time job plus a part-time practice, okay? We, we have work to do. I encourage us every week to do our work, and sis is getting the work done, okay? Professionally, Janae serves clients with a variety of mental health concerns to include depression, self-esteem issues, anxiety, anger, relationship issues, at-risk behaviors, and self-harm. However, Janae has a passion for working with individuals who have experienced trauma, 
and y'all know I, I have experienced some trauma. We've talked about it on the podcast. Suicidal um, ideations and substance abuse. In addition to her professional hats, Janae is also a wife, a mother, and enjoys volunteering within her community. She's, she wears all the hats. Okay, all the hats she wears. <laughs> Janae has a deep passion for helping others find purpose and peace within their life. She believes that God created her to use her gifts to help others journey to a state of peace. Lavender women, let's welcome Mrs. Janae Garrett to the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Um, it's, thank you for having me. This is um, certainly an honor. I was super excited. Um, when you reached out about this episode, as this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart and also a very humbling experience. Yes. Um, so I'm excited to start this conversation. And it's always interesting to like hear your own bio and hear the stuff that you do right. because I just do. I just mm -hmm, go. Mm -hmm. So like I'm sitting listening to you and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. You are doing all um, the things. <laughs> but glory to, the, to God because, you know, without him, none of those things would be possible. Of and course. so I'm just blessed to be able to bless other people. I just want y'all to know that um, we were supposed to start recording at 10 a.m. I got here about 9.40 and we've been talking ever since. So we've been talking for almost an hour, but I love these um, these organic conversations that you have with people when you can really relate on, um, on really hard things. And it was a great conversation to have with her prior to recording. And we shared some things. We shared some tears. Yes, already. <laughs> All the things, okay? But it was great to talk to her. And I'm so glad that she accepted the invitation to be a guest on the podcast. And she is here to help us with a very, very deep topic. So I do want to um, let the listeners know I'm going to extend a trigger warning because this episode is going to get heavy. It is going to get deep. I don't want you to be caught off guard by anything that may be said in this podcast or any um, statistics or advice that may be given. Um, this is a trigger warning for those who may have um, experienced traumatic experiences who may be going through some mental health issues now please be aware that we are going to talk about some very deep and heavy topics on this particular episode so because september is suicide awareness month this episode is based around suicide prevention and we're going to talk statistics we're going to talk facts we're going to talk myths we're going to talk all things mental health and suicide awareness so let's start off by some truth telling of suicide. If we could get some mental health context from you concerning um, some of the things that people are facing in their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I'll start out with a really common one that most people are familiar with, which is depression. Um, and there. yeah, most most <laughs> people I've, I've had that state, been in the state of depression. Yeah. Um, and most people, I would say, I would go as far as saying all people in mm -hmm. at some point in their life yeah. will have a bout with depression. Um, and depression is very different than just normal everyday sadness. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some distinct characteristics like you can't get out of bed. Yeah. You feel kind of hopeless. You're not motivated for things. You know, increase um, or decrease in sleep. There are a lot of things that, that separate depression from just regular. Um, I'm sad because mm -hmm. somebody hurt my feelings exactly. today. Yeah. Um, but you know, women are three times or two times more likely to experience depression than men. Um, and I was wondering, like, as we were talking earlier, like, I wonder if is that 
what we have to hold as women and how we're taught, like, you just have to be strong. You, to you be just got to hold it. You mm. just got to deal with it and push through. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine that that probably has something to do with that. It is so ironic that you said that because I want to do an, an entire episode about being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will come at a later date. But I mentioned in last week's episode that I have some health issues that I don't even like to speak about because... I don't want to speak that thing over my life, but mm-hmm. I have fibromyalgia and my doctor is so amazing. And she says that she feels that more women suffer from it because we hold more inside. Mm-hmm. And wow. it starts off as something that happens in your in your brain first. Mm-hmm. And she feels that it's something in women that happens more often because we hold so much inside mm-hmm. and we try to be so strong. And that's why men rarely suffer from fibro. But women wow. do. And I, and I thought about it when I was going through my mental health crisis when it was really flared up the worst. And I said, maybe there's some truth to that. There is. I have to stop trying to be this strong woman all the time. Mm-hmm. Our bodies remember everything that yeah. we go through. Yeah. Everything. And I tell people all the time, you know, if you don't recognize the warning signs and the things for what they are, mm-hmm. and most of the time it will come up in your body first. Mm-hmm. And we tend to pass that off as, you know, oh, i just not hungry mm-hmm. or my stomach just hurts. So I just have this you. headache. Um, or this hurts Mm -hmm. and oh it'll go away Mm -hmm. but it comes back and like vengeance mm -hmm, (laughs) and it gets worse and I tell people all the time if you don't take care of your body and listen to your body your body will shut down on you to where you will have no no point you won't be able to do those things so I'll get like I used to get really really bad chest pain Mm And went to the doctor and they're like, oh, it's just a muscle spasm mm-hmm. or sprained muscle. I'm like, well, I haven't done no heavy lifting. Right, right. But I started to pay more attention to when it happened. And I realized that it comes in a state when I'm in a state of stress. And they were like, you know, it could be a heart attack. So I'm really worried. We don't need it. We don't need any don't of that. Don't need that. But I learned through that process to really listen to your body because it holds everything that it we does. experience it and it reacts everything so that is that's good to know I'm right. look into that I'm that's some you, good information she made that connection <laughs> and i said i think there's some truth to that mm-hmm. because i had never um i guess put them together that everything that i was going through and me trying to be strong through my trauma was affecting my health mm-hmm. um i knew that i was sad i knew that i had been sad longer than what was normal so mm-hmm. i went to the doctor i knew i was depressed at that point but I didn't realize it was affecting my actual health mm-hmm. in that manner. And so I'm trying to keep that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and my flare-ups have been less severe. Awesome. That I'm more intentional now with it. And I'm more aware. And that's the thing, awareness. Like yes. We have to be aware of what's going on with our minds, our bodies, our spirits. We have to be more aware so that we can um, get the help that we need mm-hmm. to move forward, to mm-hmm. be healthier. It, yeah, that's very true. And as you said that, one of the things that I was thinking about in terms of depression is... Um, there's research that shows that depression starts in the gut. Mm. So um, if you do, and especially if, um, you know, there's a the big vegan movement, mm-hmm. health movement, and plant-based living, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of, a good chunk of that research, you'll see that they are, there are links to the foods that we put in our bodies mm-hmm. and how we are taking care of our mm-hmm. bodies in depression. Um, and some people kind of like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there is a, I do believe in, you know, there are those chemical imbalances, but I also believe in, you have to kind of be mindful of what you're putting in your into your temple, and yes. those things affect every aspect of you. But there's been a big discussion around how it affects depression. Yes, in Healing Girl Summer, I don't remember whether it was series one or two. I talked about that. Mm-hmm. What we put into our bodies is even what we listen to, what mm-hmm. we watch on television, what we feed our temple. 
all of that is important. I know when I experienced the loss of my grandmother in 2016, I gained 25 pounds, mm -hmm. like, out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I said, what is happening? So I stopped eating meat in 2016, mm -hmm. and I went pescatarian, mm -hmm. and now I'm more, like, vegetarian. <laughs> and some days I'm a vegan. Like, not every yeah. day, but some days I'm some vegan. Some days. When okay? you can control it, I'm the same Give way. Give <laughs> me my credit, because some days I am a vegan, yes. okay? But yes. most days I am a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And since I decided to change my diet, it made such a difference mm -hmm. in my health. Mm -hmm. And um, it really does. I, When you said it starts in the gut, I'm like, it does. Mm -hmm. Because I looked up and I was 25 pounds heavier. I couldn't wear any of my clothes. I felt bad about myself. And I said, I have to do something about this. And that's when I changed my diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And when you think about that, like that just leads to, okay, depression starts in the gut and it's what we're putting into our bodies. If we're not being mindful, then, you know, depression is one of the increase, like in terms of mental health, one mm -hmm. of the diagnosis where there's a definitely an increased chance of suicidal ideations. Okay. So if you look at it, everything is working full circle mm -hmm. and if I'm being more mindful of what I'm like what I'm putting into my body physically mentally mm -hmm. and emotionally and if that helps my depression then that's going to full circle just put me in a better thinking space and so it does and like I, I sit and talk to you about it and and when I found out I'm like oh, it makes sense it it's, makes sense it's not easy to do right but it mm -hmm. makes it makes a lot of sense and even with like bipolar disorder where they're um these drastic mood yeah. changes and behavior changes and one of the things i really dislike hearing people say is um when people are having mood changes and mm -hmm. they're like oh they're just bi they're bi they're so bipolar mm -hmm. i'm like it's so much more it's than just a so, quick mood change way deeper than that yeah and it is and i think it it gets like overused and people don't really understand it but it mm -hmm. also has a really bad um, reputation. It does. So people who truly are bipolar, they don't want to get help. They don't want to recognize mm -hmm. it. They don't want to be um, to shine light on it because of the shame and mm -hmm. the stigma mm -hmm. with it. But that's another um, diagnosis that can lead to increased um, suicidal ideations okay. and attempts because of the drastic changes in behaviors and how the mood shift. Okay. Um, and even like the trauma, like you had you had spoke on. Um, I think as a as a society, we are shifting to put trauma in more of a perspective that it can be almost anything, mm -hmm. and it's really what it means to you. Because before yes. it was just, well, if you have PTSD, and not everybody that has trauma has PTSD, right, right. but um, if people were talking about trauma, it was just for like military personnel coming back. But the reality is, anything can be trauma: accidents, anything. deaths, um, losing a job, mm -hmm. friendships, like. Anything can be trauma. I think the episode in season two that I did with my husband, um, it was the men's segment that we incorporated. And I believe it was the episode when a when an Iron Man meets a Lavender Woman. Mm -hmm. I talked about my traumatic experience in my um, teenage years and that I didn't realize that I had had a traumatic experience until I went to therapy. Mm -hmm. I knew that all these years later, it was still affecting me because I was in like a really... Uh, rocky relationship in my teens. I'm just going to say mm -hmm. that for a lack of a better word <laughs> or for saying how I really feel about that relationship. <laughs> and um, I was involved in a really bad car accident. And literally up until about three years ago, I drove myself everywhere. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even trust my husband to drive me because I was so fearful mm -hmm. that an accident would happen or I would experience the same thing. And I didn't realize that my therapist was like, 
you know, I believe you have PS, um, PSTD from that. And I was like, no, that's what the military gets when they go to war. <laughs> uh-huh. She was like, who told you that? And I was just like, it's just what happens. The world. And she was like, no, sweetheart. She was like, if that happened when you were 17 mm-hmm. and you are now 30, I think I was 33 when I first started going to counseling, and you are 33 and it still makes you nervous and you still get anxiety. Like, it will be to the point in which I would get nauseous. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, let's go here. And he jumps in the driver's seat and it's like, I can't. Mm-hmm. And they had me on like emotion sickness medication and anxiety medication just so that I could be, I could feel safe enough yeah. to trust someone else's driving. And I never realized that PTSD could be whatever it means to you. Mm-hmm. And that accident had me traumatized. Had me, yeah. okay? And I'll start to ask people now, instead of saying, like, do you feel like anything um, traumatic has happened? Because mm-hmm. that's such a loaded word. It is. I, I will tend to ask people, do you? Is there anything really big in your life that mm. still affects you mm. that has happened? And that's just another, what I'm looking for are those traumas. Yeah. Um, but I think people got to stay away from that because, again, that's another one that comes with really negative stigmas. It does. And then there's the substance abuse piece, mm-hmm. too, of things. Mm-hmm. Um like individuals who are like chemically dependent on substances, right. like they are also kind of at a higher risk for having suicidal ideations because you think about it, if you need this substance mm-hmm. to survive and to get through the day, um, you have to be in a lot of emotional and mental yeah. distress, sometimes physical pain mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. to where to function without whatever this substance is, is unbearable. Right. You can't even think of it. Um, so the, those are, I would say, some of the big like mental health issues that can really lead to increased suicidal ideations in people. Okay. So we've discussed mental health in context of depression, bipolar disorder, traumatic experiences, and substance abuse. Let's get into the warning signs of suicide. Okay. So one of the um, big warnings, I like talking about this because uh, the warning signs in particular, because there are, um, obviously there are some things that don't apply to everybody, some things you won't, you won't see. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that people a, a lot of the time think of is if, um, if we talk about it, well, I guess I'll save that for the myths, but this this is kind of connected to that. But one of the big signs is that if someone's talking about it or making plans mm-hmm. or saying things mm-hmm. about it, then that is a sign that there's something not going so great. Okay. Um, we need to be a little bit more high alert. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, you know, people make these jokes like, oh, I'll just go kill myself mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. when life gets really bad. And I think that is a little different from someone actively talking about it. Right. But I still take those as kind of warning signs. Take it all serious, um, yeah. Because, like, yeah, you never know. Like, mm-hmm. it could be, that could be a joke that day mm-hmm. and life hits hard and then the it becomes, exactly. it can become a reality. Um, so things like if they if they're writing notes, if they're sending text messages, a big one is like the social media posts. Yes. Like a lot of people will reach out and put out things on social media. Mm-hmm. Like I think of um, the pastor who just uh, uh, died by yes, suicide last I week, saw that. and one of his last posts that he put out on social social media. Um, was in relation to the battle with suicidal ideations and, um, you know, how some things just Mm -hmm. don't take that away, you know. Um, So that was that warning the day before before. he he died by suicide. So I think those things are really big when people Mm -hmm. are putting out the content Mm -hmm. um, that caused 
people to feel questionable, that's a huge warning sign. And he was very open about his battle with depression mm -hmm. and suicidal ideologies. And when I saw that he had passed away by suicide, I literally like felt like this tightness in my chest and I was like oh my goodness because he was doing the work and he was you know holding um depression seminars and mm -hmm. um suicide awareness seminars and he was trying to help other people come out of their depression mm -hmm. but he was still in it himself mm -hmm. so the warning signs were definitely there and I just wanted to make sure that we're clear about what the warning signs are so mm -hmm. that if anyone in our lives are um, exemplifying those signs that we can be aware and that we can kind of try try our best to help them to move help. forward. Mm -hmm. Another one is like when people are expressing like feeling hopeless. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we all have like life happens. Mm -hmm. Like you've talked about on some of your episodes, like things that your most recent episode of how life happened. Life and, got them hands. Uh -huh. I tell y'all every week, life got them hands. <laughs> and it's so easy to get in this space of it's not going to work out. Yeah. And I can't, especially if you have bad happen back to back to back. So one of the biggest signs is when you see a person who starts to talk about how hopeless they feel about their life, where they mm -hmm. feel like they're just trapped mm -hmm. in this pain that they cannot get away from. Mm -hmm. That is a really big sign okay. um, that, you know, pretty soon there could be some thoughts to follow mm -hmm. that are not so great, that are okay. that are not safe. Mm -hmm. Another one is like um, people who are in severe emotional pain that kind of ties in with that. Okay. Um, again, that goes to that, I can't see anything more mm -hmm. than this mm -hmm. um or just like increased depression or mm -hmm. significant mood changes okay um one big one like i um i shared with you previous to recording how why i'm passionate about this topic through um my high school and like and we were like still late teens mm -hmm. when i had my first kind of close encounter with um suicide through a friend who who died by suicide but when I go back and look um, after at people who in my circle or in my life had um, died by suicide and you look at their pictures and things that they were posting, yeah. like they look happy. Mm -hmm. So one of the one of the big signs is if a person goes from a state of um, like depression, sadness, like struggling, and then all of a sudden they're just happy. Mm. That's a huge um, indicator okay. because Typically, what has happened is that the, what come the happiness can come from the fact that they know that they have created this plan, okay, and they plan to act on this plan. So their pain is coming to an end, okay. So okay, now I can be happy, okay, because I know it's what's about to coming. be over, right, mm -hmm. right. And that is one that I think people miss because people will I will often hear people say, but they were so happy. Uh, like I think about like celebrities that have committed suicide, like. Um, I think, you know, Kate Spade, I remember that happened about a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And then Robin Williams always plays in my head. Um, I don't know why. His his, his story yeah, plays in my head a lot. Yeah, it does too. Because, and I'm, like I said, I really didn't know what to look for at that time when he um, committed suicide. But he didn't seem to fit what we as society has um, placed as the norm. He didn't yes. look like the face of suicide. Mm -hmm. And so my next question to you was, does suicide have a face? No. Yeah. Mm -mm. I don't think it does. I don't think it has a face. I don't think it has a size. I don't think it has a socioeconomic status. I don't think it has anything. Mm -hmm. I think it can be anyone at any time, okay. at any moment in life. Because one of the things about suicide is that people um, who do attempt or are thinking about suicide, for the most part, they don't really want to die. Okay. But... The, un, the pain and what they're experiencing in life is so unbearable mm -hmm. that they can't see anything else. Okay. So the best option seems like just to end it. 
gotcha. to get out of it. Okay. Um, and I've encountered that through the work that I do with a lot of the teenagers who've had significant attempts. And they will say, like, you know, I was angry mm-hmm. when I realized that it wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that I didn't mm-hmm. die. And I'm glad that it wasn't because I realized I have things to live for. Things can get better. I can get help. But at that moment, there's just no seeing anything. And you can't think, like, I'm getting ready to make a permanent decision for something that can be temporary. And a temporary could be months, which could seem like forever. Or temporary could be a day or a week. Mm -hmm. But um, I definitely don't think it has a face. I think it has a tendency to live in anybody. If life gets hard enough and... You know, if it catches you on a day where you just can't see straight, you mm-hmm. don't know what to do, mm-hmm. then, yeah, it can it can happen. It can be real. Okay. Um, and I think one last one is reckless behavior. That's a huge sign. Okay. Because, um, and it's someone who may not normally act that way, but mm-hmm. has just, like, doing things like, you know, not paying bills and mm-hmm. spending money on whatever and mm-hmm. just kind of living their best life all of a sudden out of nowhere mm-hmm. um, or giving away their possessions okay. or trying to get rid of things or even doing things like just saying goodbye, trying to be around for, for things because they know, okay, mm-hmm. on this date, this is coming. Right. So the, I think all of those things are things to really take serious. Of course, there's an array of other warning signs but those are some of them really common ones but i would say the the biggest thing is to really pay attention to the shifts in the people in your life that you that you are close to if someone goes from posting something really positive and either they're not posting or they've kind of gone absent or Mm -hmm. to really check in um and to not be afraid to ask those questions right ask those hard questions Mm -hmm. yeah i always say because when i went through my traumatic experience and when my mental health took a decline in 2016 I became very passionate about checking on the strong friend. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So many of us, it's just like, oh, well, she's always strong. She always figures it out. She, you know, she's always okay, even in a bad situation. That particular situation may be the one situation that changes everything for that person. Please check on your strong friends because yes. oftentimes they are overlooked and they are neglected because they've always been the strong person in a situation. And I know for me, it was a blow and I was no longer strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I had been strong all of my life, but I was no longer strong. I was the weakest I've ever been in my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to have people check on you and make sure you're okay, um, it, it changes a lot. And um, I think my mental health took a such a severe decline because I needed support yeah. that I wasn't necessarily getting mm-hmm. and it was like what do I do mm-hmm. I feel hopeless I feel like nothing is going right in my life so mm-hmm. I'm just an avid and passionate um advocate for checking check on your strong, strong friend, friend. Yep. yeah check on your strong friend I love that I love that my one of my best friends had that she reminds me of that on a regular mm-hmm. basis mm-hmm. Um, I know there was I think it was an article on Facebook like a year or so ago, just just about that. And she sent it to me, and she reminds me mm-hmm. of it all the time. And when I had those moments where I'm like, I'm okay, I'm all right. She was like, no, yes, yes. no. So I I'm, I believe in that, too. Okay. Really- and I know for me, um, I got a, a tattoo to remind me on days where I'm not feeling mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm my best self, and I'm feeling a little hopeless. And the tattoo is joy, gladness not based on circumstance. So for those of us who are feeling hopeless or we're feeling like we've lost our joy, 
we have to remember that joy is not based on circumstances. Yes. You can still have joy in the midst of your storm, that you can still find joy in the midst of your circumstance. Um, don't make it just about things being great. There's joy even in the worst of situations. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll go into that a little bit mm -hmm. later. But I just wanted yes, to put that no. out there because it made me think about it um, because that's a reminder to myself. So on days where I am feeling low, I literally look at my tattoo and I'm like, I still have joy. Mm -hmm. I'm going through the situation, but I still have joy because my joy is not based on my circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that's so. so real. And I have these two tattoos on my wrist that one says powerful and one says beautiful. Mm -hmm. For that same exact reason, so I got them yourself. at a point where I couldn't remind myself of that. Mm -hmm. And so, and I vowed I would never get tattooed. I hate needles. Oh, so really? I vowed I would never. I'm so and scared. And I'm the opposite. I love <laughs> tattoos. I have I'm, so many tattoos. I have, well, I have, yeah, I have quite a few. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, after getting this, I was in so much emotional pain mm -hmm. and I was like I just can't see and I was mm -hmm. like and something kind of came to me it was like get it get it here on your wrist where you can see it, you can see um, it. and some most days I have it covered up because I have my watch on mm -hmm. or a bracelet mm -hmm. but um, every now and then I look down as a reminder mm -hmm. and people always want to know what it says and then mm -hmm. I get to tell the story you get to as tell to the story. where it was, exactly. what it means and I love that but I believe in that same thing too have you. a visual so I'm not saying everybody go get tattoos right. if that's not your thing we're not saying but, go get tatted up however it's it, it does help find something that can be that reminder for you mm -hmm. on days that are hard because you're going to have hard days um, they are inevitable you're going to experience um, things in life that that will knock you, like knock the wind out of you. Mm -hmm. But try to incorporate something that can remind you um, of the things like I, like she said, I am beautiful, mm -hmm. I am powerful. For me, joy is gladness, not based on circumstance. Mm -hmm. So that's my go-to on days where I am feeling like I have lost my joy. Yes, because it happens. Because it, it happens out of nowhere too, and it's just it's so earth-shattering. It, it could is. be on. You could think you about to have the best day, and something Listen. happens, and it's like, whoo. And I think those moments are really good because I know for me. Those moments remind me that I'm not invincible. Exactly. Because I had a, a, a span in life, um, and I know we're talking about everything. I but, know, but, right? <laughs> we're all off the topic, but, but it's okay. um, I had periods in life, and I would imagine people do too, where mm -hmm. things are just happening so great. And then all of a sudden, you're so used to things just happening mm -hmm. and not being an issue. Mm -hmm. And then when the issue ha hits... It's like, hold on, what what is this? Life is upside down. You don't know what to do. Life, did you hit the wrong person? Yeah, because like this I'm is, over here living this is my not best supposed life. to happen exactly, to me. Exactly. And it's also a humbling experience, and I can't help but to think. I wonder if that is how some people who have suicidal ideations may feel. Like um, life is just this series of why me? Mm -hmm. Why does this keep happening mm -hmm. to me? And I think for individuals who or even individuals who are so used to everything going right, mm -hmm. that one thing mm -hmm. can just knock you off. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay. Yeah. And this sometimes is, it's this hard to get happens. back on track. You mm -hmm. know, it's kind of like that movie. And granted, this is like a children's movie, but it's like a series of unfortunate events. Mm -hmm. And you're just going through life, and a bad thing happens, and then another bad thing yes. happens, and then another bad thing. You never fully recover from the first thing that happens mm -hmm. before something else happens. Yes. So when things are happening like that in our life, I don't think that we are aware of how realistic suicide can be. Yes. Can you share some statistics around yes. suicide mm -hmm. so that we can actually put into context how real this is? Yes. So um, suicide in terms of just the the whole population of all ages is the 10th leading cause of death. The 10th? Mm-hmm. The 10th. Um, and these statistics are pretty steady Okay. Um, over the years. They haven't really changed a whole lot, which... You know, sends me to a whole nother space because what are we really doing about it? Like right. knowing that this is 
that prominent this is just that prevalent in our society why are these why are these numbers holding steady mm -hmm. but it's a whole nother conversation but with it being the 10th for all ages and kids well adolescents and children is actually the second leading cause of death wow. and that has been i think that is super disturbing to me because you know those are our babies those are our kids who why at such young ages do are they thinking that this is the only route mm -hmm. when they are in a space where they are supposed to be protected, mm -hmm. supported, yeah. and to feel that support? But it is the second leading cause of death. And that has been really, really um, steady for quite some time. Wow. Um, and then also the elderly population is kind of, it's really high. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, they, I think for, um, it's estimated that for every 25 suicide attempts um, in, in all of the ages outside of the elderly, there's one successful attempt. Okay. But in the elderly, for every four suicide attempts, there is a person who does die by suicide. Wow. So that's such a drastic, that is a drastic change. change in numbers. And if you when you think about, I know when I think about the, we're talking about the oldest and the youngest mm -hmm. when we when we're looking at mm -hmm. um, the age ranges. And you and I just tend to think about a lot of the things that are happening during that time frame. You know, as a child, you're trying to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. You're trying to understand life. You feel like you don't really have a whole lot of control, mm -hmm. but you're trying to gain this independence. Like there's so much that's happening, right. and then probably the same for 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 elderly individuals. Yeah, the things are changing in their lives mm -hmm. as well, where they may not be as independent as they are used to being, mm -hmm. and their health um, is maybe declining or changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can I can understand both perspectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's those two are the the high, really high populations, and then for for males, so males are four times more likely to um, to die by suicide mm -hmm. than females. Okay. And that is really because they use they males tend to use more lethal okay. methods. Okay. Um. So that will be you know. Um, the shooting oneself mm -hmm. or, or or hanging. Okay. Then whereas females tend to be a little bit less lethal, so that's um, you know an overdose okay. or cutting or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but females are three times more likely than males to have suicidal ideations and okay. attempts. Okay. So female, you know, as women were, and females were having it more often, but mm -hmm. the attempts are less lethal. Okay. Males. That I'm, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, okay. and it's going to be more lethal, and I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to make that mistake. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of some of the suicides. I think when I was doing doing my research, um, it says uh, that 44,000 or oh, 45,000 um, individuals die from suicide every year. Wow. Um, that's an enormous number. Mm -hmm. That's that's not a small number. Mm -hmm. And that's not even that doesn't even include the attempts, okay. the amount of attempts. So I would imagine the attempts is probably double or triple mm -hmm. that, but that is a huge number, and especially for it to be the tenth leading leading cause of death, right? In in our in our world, like that is scary. Yeah, I think just the state of the world also can make one depressed or mm -hmm. make one feel like they are hopeless and they see no way out. Mm -hmm. um, I know with all of the mass shootings that have been happening lately. Mm -hmm. It has people on edge, and people who've never suffered from anxiety are now having like yeah. panic attacks and anxiety attacks. I know for me personally, if I tell the kids I'm running to Walmart really quickly, and they're like, "No, wait for Daddy to get home mm -hmm. so that you can go together." Like, 
mommy, someone could kill you at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want my children to Thinking have that, that fear. They are children afraid to go to a store mm-hmm. because of the climate that we live in. And do you think that that could play a role on one's mental health? I definitely do. Um, anxiety, that was one of the ones I, did, I didn't mention I left out. So thank you for bringing that up. Anxiety mm-hmm. also has um, an increased mm-hmm. chance of having suicidal ideations. Okay. Um, so I definitely do, and especially the world where we live in, where it's making it hard to be able to do anything, anything. and enjoy anywhere. Like, I don't, I think... I think I've been to Walmart once since the shooting happened. It's been rough. And I went and, and I can't say I didn't have that thought like mm-hmm. if but something were like happen. You're looking around, mm-hmm. you know, you're just watching over your shoulder because when you think about the mass shootings that have taken place, they have happened in schools. So that, mm-hmm. you know, is a direct effect on our children. Yes. It's happened in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. It has happened at um, food festivals. Mm-hmm. It has happened at, um, you know, bars and restaurants. It's almost like Everywhere. you can't go anywhere Mm-mm. because those are the places that people frequent often. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw, but what's today? Um, earlier during the week, there was the Sandy Hook. Um, it was like a commemorative page where they did this video of a reenactment. Oh, wow. And I was in tears. Ooh, I was like, that sounds heavy. <laughs> it was so hard to watch because the children were... So the the commercial... Well, I'm not going to say it was a commercial. It was more like a um, like an infomercial, really, mm-hmm. because they were um, talking about mass shootings and gun violence and things of that nature. But you had these children who were saying, I need my jacket because... And then you'll see the students tie the jacket around a classmate who had been shot. So they were using the jacket as like a tourniquet. And you saw another student who said, "Um, I need my, and it could have been like um, a notebook to shield themselves Mm -hmm. from bullets. Mm -hmm. And the last little girl had locked herself in a bathroom stall. And she said, I need my cell phone so that I can text my mom that I love her. Mm -hmm. And she sent the message, mom, I love you. I cried my eyes out. I cried like a baby. And she took her cell phone and she's like hiding in a stall. She's locked herself in the bathroom. And she texts her mom, mom, I love you. And then the shooter walked in the bathroom. Mm. And you heard the shot. And then the video ended. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, this is what our children experience. Mm-hmm. It's the reality. You shouldn't be afraid to go to school. No. And I'm I'm afraid to send my kids to school. I'm like, afraid to send my kids to school. <laughs> it's, it's, it, and, and to go anywhere. Like, even with... um. You know, like with something in the Waterfest that was here earlier this year. So many people. And I, I ended up going because they had too many artists where I, I, I could not go. I was not scared go. to go. But I was one of the who didn't go because I was like, it's so too scared. many people. And it's like that size of a group. What if something happens? Something happens. Where do you go? Yep. It's on the beach. There's no shelter. And I was one of those ones that was afraid to go. Mm-hmm. My husband was really salty with me about uh-huh. it. But I was I was too afraid. Mm-hmm. And I'm not you know, to scared enjoy to life. admit that I was afraid. And it, I, I realized now that it is... Um, it's, it's intruding on our enjoyment yes. of life. It's interrupting what should be enjoyable moments. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really rough. I'm going to send you that Sandy Hook video because it opened up my eyes to what our children go through. Mm-hmm. You know, we send them out the house. You may take them to the bus stop. You may drop them at the front doors of the school. But when they walk through those doors... Things are not the same from when when I was in school. No. You know, a fight might happen here or there, but nothing like what our children mm-hmm. are experiencing. Like somebody could come in and At and any it's moment. so scary. It's so it's scary. It's so scary. Like I barely um I barely and I laugh at my husband all the time because he's not like he doesn't really like to go out and do a whole lot mm-hmm. of stuff. 
and I'm like, oh, let's go here, let's do yes, this, let's I'm the go whole that. Body, so but, <laughs> but it, it, you know, I think part of it is just like when you're at home. I mean, things can happen at home things too, but you can. That's a little bit more control. A control when you're out here in the world, you really don't. You, you just have to have your head on the swivel and pray that nothing happens and try to be vigilant. It is impeding on just the enjoyment and I think it is creating a world where people are so much more anxious mm-hmm. about just every like going to Walmart Walmart going to Walmart Walmart and when you look at these events it's really affecting our mental health yes. and I don't think we think about it in that context but if you're afraid to go somewhere mm-hmm. that's affecting your mental health definitely it does and it's and it's 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 another level of kind of trauma even if you weren't if even that wasn't your walmart exactly it's still another level of mm-hmm. trauma and then you're mm-hmm. looking at people and checking out like okay mm-hmm. look suspicious it could be your walmart mm-hmm. or it could be your movie theater or it could be your child's school yeah and if that anxiety doesn't go away Mm-mm. Not oh my all. goodness this yes. is like really deep stuff like i told y'all we want to go deep and so for someone who has suffered with mental health and has gotten the help and gone to counseling and done the work mm-hmm. what are some myths about suicide mm-hmm. this is my favorite i think i said the other part was my favorite but this is my favorite my real favorite okay. because there's so many people like um the topic is so taboo, mm-hmm. and it's it's it kind of remains that untouched topic. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is because one of the biggest myths is that if you talk about suicide, mm-hmm. it's going to expose people to it, and it's going to increase the chances that they commit, like, you know, attempts or things like that. But studies show that it's actually the exact opposite. Okay. That if by through talking about suicide... Um, actually decreases the anxiety about okay. it, okay. Um, which increases the chance that if someone has that thought, mm-hmm. they know, okay, I can come and talk to this person because they brought it up, so there's no shame. Mm-hmm. There's Well, there probably will still probably be some shame, but the shame, the guilt, mm-hmm. the feeling of being judged mm-hmm. is kind of decreased mm-hmm. um, because then people also tend to think that people who have had suicidal thoughts at some point in life can never live normal lives, okay. which is not true either. Okay. Um, I work with a lot of teenagers who, even in my time of meeting them, had suicidal thoughts. Um, and in the setting that I work with, like, I, have, I work with teenagers, but we have babies, like five-year-olds mm-hmm. who are, I want to kill myself. And I tried to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is that your, why? Why is that your go-to? Right, if I um, yourself. Yeah. If you can't play this video game. Mm. If you can't do this. Okay. Um, and a lot of it has to do with a lot of trauma and the things that they hear and, mm-hmm. and um, from family unhealthy things. But talking about suicide in a constructive manner okay. um, does not increase the chances. It, it actually kind of opens people up to say, okay, here's a space and mm-hmm. here's someone that if I have this thought, mm-hmm. I can talk about it. Okay. Um, so that is one of the ones that I hear a lot of people and I believe why people are so scared to talk about it mm-hmm. because if they do, I'm bringing life to it. I'm opening somebody up to it. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to try to do it. Mm-hmm. but and, and, you know, and that could happen. Right. You can't, I can't take off the table completely, but more than likely it decreases that anxiety and will open up a spot, a space for help. Okay. Um, another myth, which is a really big one, is that there are no warning signs, mm. um, which is we know is, is not true. Right. Um, some people are better at hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because they seem so happy all the time that maybe people aren't really paying attention because mm-hmm. you're not expecting, like we talked about Robin Williams, we're not expecting yeah. him yeah. to be that. And granted, I don't know him personally, right. but the the public figure that right. we, well, saw, we saw, right? you're not expecting it to be him. So um, individuals where they seem so happy mm-hmm. and things like that are still at risk okay. because, and there are warning signs, they may be subtle. Mm-hmm. And that's where that, you know, checking on that strong friend yes. and checking in with people just in general, mm-hmm. like, hey, how is life going? Even if nothing bad happened, mm-hmm. you know, how are things, how are things going? Mm-hmm. Just want to check on you. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is that sometimes I hear people say, well, I'm not a professional. I can't help with that. I can't help you deal with that, which is not true. Um, you can encourage them to go to a professional. You can help them find. But if someone is bringing to you that they are having suicidal thoughts, you are the first line of defense. And yeah. everything that happens in that moment could be make or break. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they've opened up and were willing to be vulnerable enough and to, to say, hey, mm-hmm. this is what I'm dealing with, um, and they're turned away, mm-hmm. they're not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, so anybody can can help, and the help can look very different. Whether it's just listening, mm-hmm. or um, just taking it and just holding them, just supporting them, trying to help them figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, so professionals are definitely preferred, you right. know, as a as a as a next step. Mm-hmm. But anybody can can assist in those in those moments. Okay. Um, I think the last the last two that I was going to talk about is um, people who attempt suicide or express suicidal um, ideations are doing it for attention. And I think that is Mm. one of my biggest, um, like, pet peeves when it comes to mental health. Mm -hmm. Because now that had to come from somewhere. So there there may be some people out here in the world who use that as their go-to. They don't plan on acting on it. Mm -hmm. But even then, you you always take it serious. um, Because... There may be those small, those couple of people who use it as I just want this attention. As you know, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of people don't. It's not about like I said earlier. Um, they don't really want to die. It's more of I can't see the way out of this pain. I've lost hope. I've lost um, the ability to endure. I've lost the ability to even just look and see like okay, there's one positive thing happening in life. Right. And so suicide just seems like. A better option because you're freeing yourself mm-hmm. of that pain and I know some people will say people who commit suicide or attempt suicide are selfish no listen I wrote that as we're speaking I wrote that <laughs> people who commit suicide are selfish because mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about that because I've heard that mm-hmm. and it's just like they're so selfish they're leaving their spouse and their children behind they're leaving their mom and dad behind I'm like I don't think that that's accurate Mm-mm. you know it's not they are they're not selfish, and from working with um, individuals, uh, adolescents and adults who experience suicidal ideations, a lot of what I hear as the thought pattern at that time is, I'm causing so much damage, I'm mm-hmm. causing so much turmoil, mm-hmm. I don't want to continue to be a burden, mm-hmm. I feel hopeless, and I feel like I'm making everybody else around me miserable, mm-hmm. so they see it as I'm doing everyone else a favor. A favor. Mm-hmm. Wow. If I just got rid of myself, if I was no longer here, especially like for my teens, right. if they cause a lot of problems in the household, mm-hmm. if I can just eliminate myself, then they'll live a happy life. So it's actually the exact the opposite. opposite. They're they are at times looking at it as a self a selfless act. Right. Like I'm um 
like I'm thinking more about the people I'm connected to. Wow. And this will bring less of an issue for them for if them, I'm out of the I'm picture. Not here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's a oh, that's a heavy one to think about. That is a heavy one to think mm-hmm. about because I know I've heard people saying, "That's oh, they're so selfish. How could you do that to your family?" But to mm-hmm. think that that is their way of thinking that they're helping mm-hmm. their family mm-hmm. that changes that. Yeah, it it presents a whole different perspective, right? Um, because then could conversations be had around that? Yeah, you're yeah. not a burden. You're not a burden. Yeah, you know you. Yeah, this might be a rough patch, but we are gonna get through right. this. We are in this together. And giving them being able to be that hope and give people that hope mm-hmm. in a state where they feel hopeless, where the only other option they see is death. Is death. Mm-hmm. I think another one that I've heard, um, and I think this happened. I don't think it was when Kate Spade. Um, I think it was when Anthony Bourdain, the chef from like Travel Channel and Food mm-hmm, Network, yeah. that was another like really unexpected yeah. one. And I like in conversations with people saying people who commit suicide don't trust God or they mm-hmm. have no faith or they mm-hmm. don't, you know, trust that God can make it better or can, mm-hmm. you know, get them out of there. And I'm like, I don't think that's true either. No. You know? Mm-mm, that's another one of the myths. Like I um, I've heard people say, just pray it away. Just, but, um, and that's a whole nother kind of topic that I had that we could talk about. That's but. a whole, like you said, a whole other conversation. And trust me, I I'm an, I believe that prayer can change yes. things. However, yes. <laughs> sometimes something additional is needed. Something extra is mm-hmm. needed. Something more, um, I don't know, intensive is needed. Yeah. I don't really know the words to say what because I'm trying I think, to say. But I think that's when you go back to the scripture and, you know, faith without works is dead. dead. So, like, I'm going to pray. That's yes. my that's my faith action. And I'm expecting but God to. But the work to, activates it. Yeah. So, I can't just pray and I'm stay locked in my room. And I'm just going to sit there and be sitting there waiting for God. Because he, you know, the my next step after, while I'm continuing to pray, because we pray throughout mm-hmm. these storms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go and talk to a professional. Yeah. And if you want to incorporate the church, then you find a Christian therapist to talk to who's then going to pray with you and you can merge the two. That's what I did. It doesn't have to be. And I think we live in a society where things, everything is kind of separate. Like, Mm I can't believe in God and then go to therapy. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. They go together. Why do you think they got Christian counselors? Thank you. It it can go hand in hand. One can um, complement the other. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I'm like... And I think that's an issue that the church has, um, gosh, I'm probably going to get dragged for this, but <laughs> it's almost like the church has almost created um, that stigma as well because it's like, you don't need counseling, you need God. And it's just like, I need God and counseling. Yes. I can have both can have simultaneously, both. you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want us to just, like you said, pray about it and lock ourselves in our room. Pray about it and not eat for three days. Yes. Pray about it and not, you know, talk to anyone for a mm-hmm. week. Pray about it and, you know, still want to kill ourselves. You can pray and be actively doing the work. Yes. Which could mean counseling, which could mean therapy, which could mean whatever it means for you and your situation. Yep. But that is like one of the biggest myths that mm-hmm. I've heard is that people who commit suicide don't trust mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And it's a hard place to be because remember like when people are in that state, there's a state of, helpless, of hopelessness and helplessness. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you can be in a space where it's like, God, I've been suffering for so, for so long. long. This has been a long season of suffering, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to trust you, yeah. but I cannot bear this pain yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's a really tough spot to be in. It is. To, to feel like 
you are because you're not in the right headspace. You're not thinking logically. You're mm-hmm. not thinking rationally. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the teachings of the Bible and what we know about about God can be the first thing to go. Um, and sometimes it's still sitting right there. Mm-hmm. You, it's still sitting there. You're mm-hmm. you're at church. You're doing the work. You're yeah. doing all of these things, but just the the weight of the amount of pain and distress mm-hmm. takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, if that doesn't mean you don't believe, but there are some people who do because I'll, I'll have sessions and people will ask me, well, if God really loved me, then why am I going through all of this? Right. And I, I, I despise that question because yeah. that's such a loaded it's, and hard question really to, to answer because mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not God. I mm-hmm. can't say why mm-hmm. this person is going mm-hmm. through what you're going through. And I kind of always revert back to, you know, in the Bible, the Bible walks through stories, um, for everybody. Mm-hmm who struggled, Mm -hmm. who went through all of these Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it sucks. We don't like it. We don't want it. But we're not exempt from experiencing these things too. We are not exempt from problems and we're Mm -hmm. not exempt from troubles. I think the fine line is knowing that, yes, I trust God. Yes, I follow God, but I'm not exempt. I'm more equipped to handle it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And even that handling can get hard. But it doesn't exempt you. And I think that's where the confusion comes in with believers and mm-hmm. with Christians. It's because, you know, God loves you so much, these things wouldn't be happening to you. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's no man that's exempt from, from you know, from mm-hmm. these troubles. Mm-hmm. We all are going to experience things in life that are going to knock the wind out of us. But just knowing that you can trust God and get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't give up hope. And don't give up hope. Mm-hmm. They, it goes hand in hand instead of just saying you can only have one. Yeah. You can have both. Because that's hard because you're forcing someone to choose. Yeah. And then that puts them in a different space because I I want to do both. Because mm-hmm. I feel like what's going to better me is to do both. Mm-hmm. But then people going to be looking at me weird. Mm-hmm. Or if I go to church and I talk about how I'm going to counseling, people, you don't need that. And... But those people don't know how what you really feel. What you're going through. And so I always tell people, you have to you have to be the one, whether you're in a relationship or whatever, and you're married or whatever, and you go to sleep at night and somebody is next to you. Mm-hmm. But you go to sleep with yourself. Yeah. You are the only one who knows what goes on who in your head. Your mind. Yeah. And if you are in so much emotional pain and you cannot rest and that you've tried everything else you've tried to cope you try to do all of these mm-hmm. other things and you're still praying and it's and it's not easing up it's okay it's okay to go and talk to, to yeah. a professional and that's when you put feet to your prayers yep you know, definitely you put feet to your prayers so i'm glad that we um discussed the common myths around suicide mm-hmm. because that will change the dynamic of how we view people who are experiencing these yes. suicidal um, ideologies and mm-hmm. who are experiencing like mental health declines because if we just feel like they're doing it for attention mm-hmm. or they're just so selfish, you won't be as inclined to help. Yeah. But when you take the myth off the table and see that this person is really struggling through a real thing, mm-hmm. it changes the perspective. So yeah. I think that that's really important. Definitely. So because suicide is real, Mm-hmm. What are our options? What do we do? What okay to the person who is suicidal? Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person? What advice could you give okay. to them? So for I would, especially if you know this is something that happens frequently, mm-hmm. even if they're passing thoughts, because mm-hmm. um, all any thought is a serious thought. So if you know that you're a person that has passing thoughts, it's to be to be able to identify somebody that you trust mm-hmm. and that you can go to. Mm-hmm. That if it's in the middle of the night, hey. 
this is happening. Mm-hmm. I need you. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to I think have everybody a plan. Needs that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then to definitely seek professional help, but but first really go into your first line of defense because mm-hmm. the professional is not gonna always be available. Right. Um in those moments. And if you cannot get anybody, then there you know, there's the suicide hotline okay. where that's ran twenty four hours a day that you can call. And it can be anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just and it doesn't have to be so bad where I have a plan, I'm on the edge, I'm jumping today Mm -hmm. it can be this thought just popped in my head Mm -hmm. um and you can talk to someone who's who's trained and who's going to be there to kind of help you Mm -hmm. um but then there's also you can go to like if you're like i have a plan or even just the thoughts you can go to your local emergency rooms and a lot of people don't know this okay um, but you can go to your local emergency rooms and whether they have to call that person in or they have um, a clinician there um, emergency rooms are equipped to do mental health assessments. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So that's great information for our listeners because I was not aware of that. Yep, you okay. can go to the local emergency room and let them know what's going on. And, you know, their job is to keep you safe, okay. to assess you, mm-hmm. to help you come up with a plan. And if it's, okay, well, you need to go in inpatient care because mm-hmm. you, you are feeling unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number one goal is safety is to make sure that you are alive exactly. and you are feeling like that is going to be compromised. Mm-hmm. Then, And if they feel like it's going to be compromised, then they will hold you there until they find a, lo- a hospital location for you and transfer you there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a big resource to end at if, if all else fails. You can go to the local emergency room or you can call 911 yourself and let them know what's happening and they will send people out to you. Mm -hmm. And then there's a number of, um, you know, websites and apps and um, uh, even like text message lines that you can um, reach out to that have professionals waiting kind of 24 hours to have those those conversations. And I think it's um, important to know that everyone's plan looks different like you said Mm -hmm. the goal is to keep you safe to keep you alive and that may look different from someone else you mentioned inpatient Mm -hmm. um services you may have to go into an um, an inpatient service to Mm -hmm. keep you healthy and to get you well for some people it's medication for Mm -hmm. other people it's a a vast amount of things that can get you back healthy and keep Mm -hmm. you well and alive so I guess be open to whatever is suggested Mm -hmm. that will be the best plan to help you. Mm -hmm. Because their number one goal is to is to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're in a space and you're just like, no, I don't want to do these things. um, Be open to it, like you said, to allow them to think for you because you're not at a logical headspace. Mm -hmm. And sometimes part of the plan could be, well, we're going to create a safety plan Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about things that you can do when you get in this space. Mm -hmm. Who can you go stay with tonight? Like Mm -hmm. those things. So it doesn't have to be as extreme as Mm -hmm. being admitted into a facility. Um, So it can vary. So thank you for bringing that up. It can vary just based off of how serious and like where the person is. Okay. That's really great information to know. So that was information for if you are suicidal. We're talking to those who may have had suicidal thoughts or maybe having um, suicidal thoughts. But what if you are a friend to mm-hmm. someone who is suicidal or maybe you have a coworker that has kind of mentioned or hinted at some things and you're like, that doesn't sound mm-hmm. right. As a um, third party to mm-hmm. what they're going through, what are the options? What help can be extended to mm-hmm. someone you know? Okay. I would first say for to educate yourself, mm-hmm. to learn um, the resources to learn about. And this is maybe something that everybody should do. Okay. Um, because like we said, suicide does not have a face. 
Right. And it can happen wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can and it comes out of nowhere, it seems like, at times, if you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, educating yourself on the warning signs, mm-hmm. the risk, and what resources are around, and really showing up for a person and taking serious when a person is talking about the distress that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um you know, everyone's busy in life. Everyone has a full plate. Yeah. But if someone takes that step to reach out to you to say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm really struggling mm-hmm. and I need you, mm-hmm. be committed to being there. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they just need to hear it's okay. Yeah. Um, I've, I know and have worked with people who the person called and they missed that call. And that was it. Wow. And you have to sit with that. You Ooh, have to live with that's that. That's heavy, yeah. And that's a hard space because, to be in. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if but if that person is reaching out to you, usually or normally, it's because you're maybe the only person that they have to reach out mm-hmm. to. Yeah. So I don't and the think only we one they trust. The only one that they trust with their um with their trauma. Mm-hmm. That's that's real. Mm-hmm. So being it, like you said, checking on the strong friends, but just being there. And even if you know. We all, I think, in the family, you have, like we were talking about earlier, those crazy, I'm using quote, the, right. the little finger quotes, um, people in our families or those people who are just so emotional that they're just reacting for emotional all, emotion all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but even for those people to mm-hmm. stand in mm-hmm. and to be there because what one person sees as crazy right. could one day turn into, okay, well, nobody cares about me. Mm-hmm. There's no point. Mm-hmm. No one takes me seriously. Mm-hmm. Life isn't going right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just end it. Yeah. So so just, I think, being there is super helpful. And to, um, it's like they call you trying to find out, one, where they are. Right. Um, if they have a plan, so staying on the phone with them, not losing contact, no, okay, hold up, I'm coming, I'll call I'm you back. Way, no, right. You keep them on the phone. Okay. Um, you want to ask questions like, well, have you thought of a plan? Mm-hmm. And if they say no, you know, well, what can you, what, like, okay, just talk them through it. Um, but if they say yes, what well, do you plan on acting on the plan? Okay. Um, and if they say yes, then when, and do you have the means to do so? Okay. Um, and also if you can't physically get to them, if you have another phone or the capability to call 911 to send to them, okay. um, you can also, if you know, if you are there and you can get there in time, you mm-hmm. can, you know, you can drive them to the ER. Okay. If they're already in therapy, you can help them with contacting their provider. Mm-hmm. Um, but just really being that support mm-hmm. and doing everything that you can to re- keep them engaged with you, yeah. to keep them on the phone and find out as much information as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the, you know, if the call drops, then you call, you want to send 911 immediately. Okay. Better, better to be safe than sorry right. because trying to call them back and forth and they're not answering. Okay. Um, so yeah, those are those would be the things I would say for individuals to to really um, do to help, and I would say to not just assume that they're playing. Okay, that's great that you spoke on that because we're talking about all the things that you should do, mm-hmm. but it's just as important to know the things that you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are some of those things? So not to think that they're playing, okay. not to minimize it, or assume that you know what they're going through either. Okay, so People before hate that. we started recording, <laughs> before we started recording, I told her, so my first therapy session, I sat down with my therapist, and I was like, but it's not that bad. Other people are going through more than I'm going through. And she was like, that's not true. What yeah. you're going through is important. Yes. What you're going through affects you. So when people minimize 
-hmm. what you're going through. Mm -hmm. That changes everything because you're sitting over here like, okay, this thing was really hard for me. It was really hurtful for me, but everybody around me Mm -hmm. is saying it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make it better. No, and then you don't want to talk. You just stuff it. You stuff it. And And it's this thing that festers and it grows. And then you, the next time the urge comes stronger, you have that memory. Well, last time I reached out. There it is. They made it about them. Or that's another thing. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about you. Keep the focus on them. Try to instill some hope. Mm. Try to do things where they will feel like somebody cares, somebody's listening. Because that could be all they need to help them hold on, to help arise. Mm -hmm. But if someone feels like, even if they're not, because like I said before, their intention is not always to die. When they're in that space, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I think people get that confused with people seeking attention. Well, you're saying this to seek attention. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying this to red flag. I need I need everybody to tap in. I need my village. All hands on deck. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if not, like I'm not strong enough to, to make it through this home. moment. So mm-hmm. really, take them serious. Don't make it about you, and don't minimize. That's wow. what I would say. That that was really great info to share because we can't just focus on the things to do, but we also need to focus on the things that we should not do mm-hmm. because not knowing those things could change the dynamic yes. of that situation. Mm-hmm. So I think we've shared like great information yes. all throughout this episode, <laughs> but it would be remiss of us if we do not share some help info. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add it to the notes. So if you scroll through the notes, so I'm going to provide phone numbers and websites I'm going to share with you um, Mrs. Garrett's information if you are in the Hampton Roads area and you need um, counseling you need help you need someone to talk to you're going through a situation and you feel that hopelessness and you feel there's no way out I'm going to also share her information with you but um, would you like to share um, some links some phone Mm -hmm. numbers some organizations that are available to help people who may be going through Mm -hmm. yes and I'll give you tons of there's so many resources but just to name a quick few of course the National Suicide Hotline and that number is 1-800- Two seven three eight two five five. Okay. Um, and then they have a text. There's a text line. It's it's linked to a website, but um, if you Google Lifeline Crisis Text Line, it will it will come up. Okay. Um, there's no number linked to it. I guess it's it's text via, via the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's for um, LGBTQ youth. They have a whole separate sort of resources because they are also. That's one thing I didn't mention. Um, that population is also at a higher risk of suicide as well. Let's let's unpack that really okay. quickly because I've been seeing more and more lately, like um, deaths mm-hmm. from that community, and I understand that they could probably feel alienated mm-hmm. and misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you say about people who identify as that? Mm-hmm. What what can help them out? I would say. The, Back to that support. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things is is they do feel alienated, and a lot of times it comes from their own family, yes. their own communities, yeah. their own people. Yeah. So, you mean to tell me that I've grown up with you, I've been raised with you, this, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to love you, but because I have this particular sexual identity mm-hmm. or orientation mm-hmm. or I want to appear this way mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I like this person. Right. I love or this I person. Or I no longer want to identify as him or her. Yeah. You know, I think there's a, a different, I'm not sure what it is and I don't want to mess it up, but there's another identifying factor now that's not like him or her. Mm-hmm. It's something else. And I can't think of what it is I know what right you're talking now. about. You know what I'm just, talking about, right? It, I, I was doing a training on it or like research on it the other day. Because I, I know what, what you're talking is. about and yeah. I can't. 
I want to say it starts with Z. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong I know, thing. I but I do. I do know um, there is another identifier mm-hmm. for individuals who don't want to identify it's as him or her. Him or her. Right. And because it's so different, mm-hmm. and because our world doesn't understand, and our world does not really like change, and anything that comes outside of the box is an issue, and we're pointing fingers when we're doing all these things. I think the biggest thing that you can do for individuals, um, a part of the LGBTQ plus, because there are other identifiers right, community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is to be supportive yeah. and to not um, shun them away, mm-hmm. to not cause them to feel lesser than, mm-hmm. um, and to try to love the person for the person. Because, and there may be some drastic changes, mm-hmm. there may be some things that would take some getting used to, right. um, but there's still people inside. Mm-hmm. Right. They have feelings just like everybody else exactly. does. And They're I think human. that's. Yeah. And to to for them for those rates to be as high as they are yeah. because of the scrutiny that they receive mm-hmm. just because they want to have basic human rights right right they want to be who they are i know for me what has been eye-opening for me for our lgbtq plus uh-huh. community is the show pose have you watched pose? i have i keep saying i'm watching because oh, it'll pop up when i'm looking for something it. to watch so i've finally caught up oh my god y'all been so behind because y'all know life got them hands and life <laughs> been coming for my life okay but i've finally been able to catch up since i've been home for the past three weeks with my daughter and it gave me a, a better understanding mm. of that community because of course it's based back in the 80s and it really gears towards the um the AIDS epidemic and the transgender mm-hmm. movement in the 80s. Yeah. So even though it's like something that happened 30 years ago, it's still something that's very relevant to death. Yes. And most of their struggles came from them coming out to their families and their families disowning them. Yes. And them having to find new family um, to survive and to make mm-hmm. it. So they started what was called like um, houses. Um, that's what their new families were called. And it was because they were outcasted mm-hmm. by their families and their friends it. and their sure. churches. It's really really deep yeah there's a there are a lot of individuals that i work with that, that identify as members of that community mm-hmm. and a big thing that we talk about is a lack of family support yeah it's huge yeah. like we can't even down to you know younger kids and teenagers mm-hmm. and all these things mm-hmm. so i think just being supportive yeah and loving people for who they are will go a long, a long way. way and i know the show itself may not be of course 100 percent factual or anything mm-hmm. like that but i think it just sheds light on a community and a group of people who are misunderstood. Yes, definitely. Okay. So I'm glad that you shared information mm-hmm. for that community, especially if they need to reach to out reach to out. someone. Yes. And then the last one I would say is the veterans, because that is in a huge population that also um, struggles with suicidal ideations. Mm-hmm. So there's a veteran crisis hotline. Um, there's a PTSD app. So it's called um, PTSD Coach, which okay. is pretty cool. You okay. can download that and you'll have access to resources and to people you can talk to. Um, and then, of course, there's the Wounded Warrior Project, mm-hmm. too. That's that's very well known. Okay. So. Yeah, my mom um, is married to an ex-serviceman. Um, he was in the military forever. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a paratrooper. He's gone to war. And he receives like counseling services through the VA hospital mm-hmm. um, in his state. Um, they live in North Carolina, but it's been such a help for him to kind of get over some of the things. Um, well, not get over, but to heal some heal. of the things yeah. that he experienced when he was at war and yes. when he was in the military. So, so life-changing. It's life-changing. So I'm glad that we have options for our everyday person. Mm-hmm. We have options for our veterans, and we have options for our LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. 
So there's help for everyone is yes. pretty much what we're getting at. Mm -hmm. That no one is excluded from the help that they need. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, like I think I, heard, I think I heard you say on your podcast, like Google is your friend. It is. Google is if your you, best friend. If whatever you're looking for, if you cannot find the help, yes. you can Google. There's in, in the communities, there's agencies. There's even if you have to call another therapist and if that's not your therapist, would you call... Do you guys have resources exactly. or hospitals? Exactly. There's resources everywhere okay. for everybody. And we are going to add as many resources to the um, episode notes as we can. We're going to provide you with phone numbers and links and addresses mm -hmm. and anything that we feel could be helpful. Miss Garrett, Miss Janae, Garrett, you have been <laughs> a gift to oh, this episode, you. to this podcast. This was something that I could not, it would be remiss of me if I didn't talk about it in the month of September. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for being on the podcast. I'm going to also share in the notes. Um, can people follow you on social? Yes. Okay. So my social media for my counseling page is JG underscore counseling. Okay. Um, and then I also recently did um, launch my Facebook page, which is JGCS. Um, and then it's the long Janae Garrett Counseling Services. Um, so if you type in either of those, you can follow me, reach out, contact me. Um, if I can't help you, I will commit to finding somebody who, who can. can. I took a look at her Instagram page, you guys. It's so inspiring. It's so oh, motivational. You. So thank follow you. her on her social. She's giving you her handles. We'll also include the social media handles in the notes, as long with as many resources um, as we can in the notes. Please know that you are not alone. You're not the only person that is going through something. Um, please get the help that you need. And help may look like many different things for many different people, but help is there for you. You are not alone. You do not have to go through life alone. Um, if you take nothing else from this podcast, know that there is a group of people who love you that we're here to help. I'm not a professional, but if you reach out to me, I will get you in contact with mm -hmm. a professional that can help you. I will be that person that you can talk to, that I'll stay on the line with you. Mm -hmm. You can email me, text me, call me in the middle of the night, and I will make sure that we connect you with someone who can get you the help that you need. That's if awesome. there is nothing else, I thank you. Thank the you podcast so much. appreciates you. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Lavender Woman's Podcast. Know that there's nowhere in life you can go where love and light won't find you. I love you.